We want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. And honestly, right now is still a great time to book a Walt Disney World vacation or a Disney Cruise Line or any other type of vacation because you're going to need it. She does all the work. She has saved us tons of money on numerous vacations. We love working with Michelle. You will too. Her email is in the show notes. So let her know that you're ready for a vacation. Now on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. Derek and Doug talking all things Disney and Doug. We have a really awesome on this week's episode. But before we get into that, uh, no new Patreons because we are recording this way in advance. But we do have a review we got to uh, talk about. Yes, let's uh, read a review. I Pretty sure I won't mispronounce this one. It says, Fun Show for Disney Fans by DCL Cruiser 27. Doug and Derek are great hosts that have great show with lots of great Disney topics and guests. So there you go. It's very great. Short lots of great. To the point. I <laughs> like it. It is great. That is, it is great. Well, keep leaving those reviews for us. I know uh, we're, we're at like two, what, 30 something. So definitely keep doing that, guys. And we'll read them on air. But uh, Doug, I guess this is a big episode. We have a big guest on, so I'm going to let you handle the introduction. Well, with all the parks closed, our attention has turned to Disney Plus, right? That's the only Disney game in town. 50 million people are watching Disney Plus right now. And about a month ago or a month and a half ago, um, a show was added to Disney Plus that made my family very excited and that is the imagination movers and so my kids are actually very jealous of our guests today that i get to talk because when they were preschoolers this show was kind of the background to our daily life the music the soundtrack to our life with toddlers and preschoolers and that's the imagination movers so we're extremely excited to welcome on mover dave from the Disney Junior or Playhouse Disney show, The Imagination Movers. Welcome, Dave. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah, well, thank. Yeah, thank you. So let's uh, let's start about. Uh, well, let's. I want to hear some of your just background in general. Uh, just who is uh, Mover Dave? Uh, Pre Movers. Um, you know, we're all just regular dads. That's you know, what we are and, and what we were, uh, I, right now, uh, I'm an architect. I'm doing a lot of work, um, in town, uh, you know, a lot of buildings still going on. I've got a lot of clients still, uh, pushing forward, which is good. I've got two kids. They were little tiny footy pajama kids when we started. And now I have a grown 20 year old son um in the house and a 17 year old daughter um you know we've been doing this for a long time uh and that's really you know i'm a dad two kids live in the suburbs an architect and the movers when we're uh touring takes precedent over the other stuff and then i come back and i whatever regular mundane life things uh that are in front of me that's mover day Awesome. Now, when you say in town, a lot of work there, uh, you guys are in New Orleans, is that correct? Yes. We're all in the general area. Uh, Katrina moved. I went from New Orleans to kind of in the metro area on the other side of the canal that broke. Um, Rich is in New Orleans, Smitty's in New Orleans, and Scott 
uh, relocated after Katrina Lafayette. And the whole time we were filming and now just it's about two hours away, it drives back and forth and back and forth and puts a lot of miles on his car. So he's kind of uh, he's kind of a little bit in both places, depending on gotcha. on the need. Got you, because you guys are also big Saints fans and LSU yeah. fans. Is that correct? Uh, I am the big LSU fan. Okay. Uh, I went there. My wife went there. My brother-in-law went there. My son is attending now. And we went uh, went to Atlanta and watched the Peach Bowl, watched oh. LSU dismantle Oklahoma. That nice. Was, uh, I wasn't, wasn't sure if that was a good idea when I bought the tickets and we left. But coming back, it seemed like a great idea. Great, yeah. Win-win. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, we're, we're Huskers. Um so right now, whenever football comes back, I'm cheering for any team because I just miss yeah, right. football that much. So we had to sneak football in here a little bit. Oh, yeah, well, you got uh, Scott Frost, right? Yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It'll and people uh, work. And I, I, I did not mention the Saints, and I don't know if we're moving on, but I, I would have to mention the Saints because we are all huge Saints fans. We have uh, we sang the national anthem three times. Um, at Saints games, and we are three and zero. So Ooh. if anybody, if they surprise, they don't have you every week. They should. Yeah, if they want another win. We're we're there. We're available. We're a good luck charm. So, yeah, we awesome. we, we like our football. That's good. Yeah, we do too. So I uh, had to had to bring that up. And uh, also, Nebraska is you're welcome that you got Joe Burrow because we did not recruit him because he's really a Husker. Well, you know, another thing is that. Uh, uh, one of the Saints linebackers, Scott Shanley, mm-hmm. who was yep. played for Nebraska. He used to come to the set all the time. He brought us a sign okay. all year. Um, yeah, he brought his kids out a number of times. So, yeah, there's a little bit of a connection there as well. I kind of follow him, and I know what Nebraska is when they are or are not doing well, depending on what he's tweeting. <laughs> he, care, so. he, yes, he tweets what he feels about football. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Well, back back to the back to the topic of uh, Disney and uh, yeah. Um, so, how did the band start? Uh, we all uh, we go back a long way. Uh, all of us, my wife and Scott's wife, not Scott, my wife and Rich's wife, have known each other since they were toddlers. Um, Scott and Smitty went to high school together. Uh, we all lived in the same basic neighborhood. So we've been friends for a while. Um, and we all had kids about the same time. We all kind of got immersed in the world of children's programming. And we would talk at birthday parties and get-togethers. And there just seemed to be no live-action shows, no Mr. Rogers, no uh, Captain Kangaroo. There just weren't a lot of people. There were puppets and animation. And we thought, you know, it would be really cool to make a show that's music based that you know with real people and so we just started getting together you know we talked about it for a while i would see scott in the neighborhood grocery store with my kid in a wagon and his in a stroller and we'd pass and just mention it and at some point we said let's get together and really try and do something so we would get together after the you know our regular jobs were over the kids were in bed from nine to twelve one o'clock uh, we lived in the same neighborhood. You could walk the movers house tour in 20 minutes. Um, and we just started putting something together. It was a TV idea. It was, we were thinking public broadcasting. 
we came up with the script. We came up with like four or five song topics to service that script. Uh, recorded the songs. The songs we put on a little CD we burned. Uh, it kind of, we started sharing it with friends. And the next thing you know, we're playing birthday parties and backyard parties. And um, we approached the local public television station. We had some videos that were showing Katrina hits. Next thing you know, Disney's, you know, talking to us. And the rest from there is, you know, what you see on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and that's a very condensed version. There's a lot that happened between where we were and where we uh, ended up. I'm amazed. As someone who has a background in television uh, broadcasting and works in TV, I, I feel like there's something between the idea and the work and like, did you have cameras? Did you have people building this? Like, how do you even get an idea like that in front of the executives at Disney? You know, if you had to do it again, the, I don't know that we could have, you know, you could, you could make a plan to get there. We just kind of were tenacious. I think that the, the thing that really got us where we, to Disney is we would talk to anyone we would give content to anyone. We were on hospital radio stations in China. And we would, anybody who wanted content, we were there and we were looking for it. And we were tenacious. And we, we actually got uh, enough attention locally that there was someone who worked for, I think at the time, Jive Records, who knew someone at Disney and made a little connection there. Um, and we just kept doing what we were doing, and we got a call from a Disney executive, and they said, we want to come down and see you guys play live. They brought a guy from the record side, and we played Jazz Fest um, in the kids' tent, and these two Disney executives were there, and we thought it was, you know, okay, but they saw something where it resonated with the kids, and they liked what they saw, and... That started the conversation with Disney. After that happened, Katrina came, and three of the four of us lost our houses, and it you know, threw a wrench in everything. We said no to them two or three times, which later people who are in the business and who have worked with Disney said nobody says no to them two or three times. Um, I think our, a big benefit to us was we had no idea what we were doing, and so we just did what we thought was the best uh you know, path at the time and didn't go by what, you know, we other they might have expected or what, you know, was the, was the, you know, what the way most people did it. Um, you know, for better, for worse, I think we just approached it on our own terms and by a miracle, it worked out. Probably always takes a miracle. Miracle, for absolutely. Yeah. You know, the, you said you didn't, you didn't know what you're doing. That's how you did it. That's kind of how we do our podcast too. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know what we're doing, really. It just it's somehow it ends up on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it just magically gets there. And people okay, listen. Derek puts it there, but yeah. well, there is something about going by your gut and by intuition and not by what mm -hmm. you think people expect you to do that probably makes you stand out. I mean, it probably people who chart their own path and fail miserably and there are people who chart their own path and get ahead of everybody it just i think uh by luck and a lot of hard work we ended up where we are so then 
when you first got picked up by Disney going into producing the show, um, how was it? Because that's when, like, say, Nina would have been added and Knit Knots and that sort of stuff, or were they part of it before? Uh, Nina, it's funny. Uh, Nina was Knit Knots. There was a Professor Knit Knots from the beginning. Um, Nina was actually Coach Carl, who became Coach Carla, who became Carla, who then at the last minute they changed the name to Nina. Um, but we watched a lot of, I mean, we were co-executive producers. Uh, we watched a lot of, uh, auditions for a lot of people. Um, and those were the two who stood out to us and to the, uh, executives at Disney. Uh, you know, we're sitting there, we're watching auditions and we don't know where, you know, we're just like four guys like, I like that guy. You like what he does. You know, again, without, uh, you know, we, we came in so wide-eyed it was uh it was a very interesting thing to be involved in that level of decision making without really having done it before that is pretty impressive be executive producing just from the get-go right like that probably doesn't happen very often no no not very very rarely especially nowadays so that's what was the set like? Was it like going from? I mean, here you guys are trying to do it in your house and garage, and now you actually are on a a set, cameras, crew, grips, PAs. Uh, you feel like big times. It's one of those things where you walk in, and it's like, who do we think we are? What are we doing here? Like just the level that they bring to something versus what we were doing on our own was an incredible leap. The number of people involved. Um, it was, it was, it was a definitely, we dumped, jumped into the deep end of the pool and basically they said, okay, we worked on scripts, we worked on the development. And when it came time to actually make the pilot, they said, okay, step out there and do this, 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 you look this way, cameras over there. You say this, he walks over. And I was like, I remembered the words I'm supposed to say, but everything else was, it was overwhelming. I mean, we had no experience in any of it, and they didn't have, like, uh, acting coaches. They didn't have anyone that really prepared us. They just kind of put us out on the bright lights and said, go. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was mentally and physically exhausting. We, we learned very, very, very quickly what we had to do just by doing it. Um, yeah, it was definitely a... Uh, a, a dive into the deep end of the pool. We were pushed into the deep end of the pool, actually. Um, but I think that probably, uh, you know, it, it worked out for us. I think we we figured it out. You know, we learned because we had to on the job. Um, but certainly a steep learning curve day one, yeah. Kind of segues into the next question I had written down is the uh, what would you say is the biggest thing you learned about yourself during the TV run? About myself. Yeah, the deep TV questions here. here. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess it would be about myself, just what you're capable of doing, that um, just pushing the limits of what, like, it pushed me so far out of my comfort zone in so many ways in that, you're supposed to be an executive producer, or you are, and you're part of the writing team, and you're an actor, and you are there. I'll go out for lunch sometimes. I'll come home, see the kids, and go back. That didn't happen. I, uh, 
it it was definitely uh it took a lot of focus and time and pushing our limits in ways outside of like i said you know outside of the actual filming and what we were doing on set the way that it impacted our lives overall um it was definitely a growth a, a period of growth and finding out what you know how far you could push to try and get everything you need to do done it was a challenge i mean it was fun it was great but it was also a really it was it was a lot of endurance and a a lot of a lot of challenges there how how soon did the first like national tour of concerts come after you guys started filming the shows like did that overlap a lot Um, you're talking about the time it, it kind of, it actually, that kind of grew a little slower because we had gone out, we had played festivals regionally, we had played shows locally, we had played some shows, um, we're, after we filmed the pilot, we just had a few videos on that we had made ourselves that Disney put on air, which was shocking because they were made, they were very much homemade. Uh, I, I remember little, those. I remember the, the numbers in the bag was one, yes. right? And uh, what was the other? I want my mommy one. That's uh, a good Yeah, And uh, Days of the Week, was that one of the videos early Days on? Days of the Week was we filmed with the pilot and Jump Up okay. we were on Spin Wheel. But yeah, we went out and we did like sure. a nine show up in Jersey around New York thing. And then the big, the big tour, yeah, was them putting us on a tour bus with an 18-wheeler. And uh, man, I was scared to death. I didn't know if I wanted to live on a bus and go away for that long. I didn't know if I was capable of it. But um, yeah, we we did the the tour thing. Was um, I mean, it's it's kids music, but it's still whistle stop, hotel to venue to hotel to venue, and eighteen wheelers and buses and crew people who are like a cast of gypsy pirates. You know, the <laughs> same crew that goes out. It's the same crew that goes out for. You know Snoop Dogg or anyone else, or you know it's a, it's a collection of people who. It was actually kind of funny. We're, we were a little bit misfit uh, because they weren't used to showing up at a place at eleven in the morning and not in the afternoon and ending in the you know four o'clock instead of three in the morning. And you know our bus was the most tame bus they've ever. I think they were disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Or it was a good break for them as well. Yeah, maybe so. They they get to go bed early. Yeah, well, you go in a venue on a Saturday morning and you show up at nine o'clock and the Friday, the show the night before ended like four hours before you show up and the crew is like not ready for it. The people at the venue are like, well, usually we end at three in the morning and then we sleep all day until the next show shows up and we're there at nine like, hey, fellas. (laughs) Yeah, that is a different type of tour. We, uh. That yeah, we we made it to a couple live shows. My kids really enjoyed it. Um, and you guys would mix in. We haven't talked about the music much yet. Um, but you you mix in different musical styles for sure. I remember like Van Halen, like Jump or something being played yeah. at a concert. Like there was some some things that weren't just for the kids. Um, music style wise, what were some of the biggest influences on the music? Uh, you know. It's- I'm going to show our age very much, but uh, two bands. Actually, uh, Big Country, The Crossing, which if you look at our uh, In a Big Warehouse, 
is in a big country. And if you look at the logo, we kind of, I hope their lawyers aren't listening. We kind of just snagged that cover logo and made it ours. Um, a lot of, you know, uh, Scott Smitty, De La Soul, Rich is kind of more uh, Springsteen, Mellencamp kind of rock. Uh, I, I am an, an MTV 80s uh, kind of alternate punk influence, but all of us kind of have the same, it's, it's different genres in the same time frame. Um, but I think, you know, Rich uh, is, you know, very into music. He's a, just musically inclined. That's his aptitude. Scott, who's now teaching um, in the music department at uh, University of Louisiana, those guys stay plugged into what, and our kids, as our kids got older, but stay kind of plugged into what was current. So we have our older influences that kind of we're based in, but there's a lot of newer stuff that we kind of fold in. And we weren't in any way genre specific. If there was something we liked, we would kind of try and record something that sounded that way. And, and if you listen to things chronologically, you can tell they're little arrows of what we liked at the time that kind of influenced certain CDs and certain uh you know, points of the of our timeline, but lots of musical, lots of influences from lots of genres, um, and that was one of the things. Is like, it, we're not going to make our own sound. There's not going to be like a mover sound. We're going to make music for kids with an influence from everywhere. No, like, I like we're that. Not, we're not trying to establish this is what the mover sound is. We were just trying to make music that people would like. So you know, we didn't really have a that constraint that I think if you're trying to be a popular band, you're trying to find your unique mm-hmm. niche. We were just making music, you know, we would take anything. We'd try anything. So cool. It's all for the kids. I like that. I like that with little kids. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and with the kids, you want to have different influences and you want to have different genres as long as, and our whole thing was let's make music we like. And as long as it is lyrically appropriate, um, and accessible, you know, it, we never tried to dumb it down for the kids. We never tried to simplify it. They'll, they'll get it. You know, yeah. they, they, they're more sophisticated in that regard, I think, than people give them credit. Awesome. The music's definitely enjoyable. One other thing about the show that I think the parents every now and then would be surprised by is some of the guest stars on the show. Is there any that, uh, was your favorite to get to meet or have on? The set of the uh, uh, in the warehouse. Yeah, uh, Joey Fatone is one of the nicest, funniest guys you'll ever meet. Um, very down to earth. Uh, he was great to have around. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Goldilocks, Abby Cobb, and the crazy thing is, if you if you notice the people who were in our show, uh, Joe the repairman, uh, Abby Cobb, who was Goldilocks, and I forget her name, but she was Princess D. Uh, in the episode with the unicorn, when you watch TV, if you notice, and even Knit Knots pops up every now and then, they show up everywhere. The, the, the guests who came to our show, who would come for a week and come to New Orleans and get the pay scale for the kids' show, are working actors who work, and they, they, they are out there. And it's great because I see them all the time. I'm watching a football game, and a Diet Pepsi commercial comes on. I'm like, oh, that's Abby. I, I know her. Um, all of them were great. I would say Joy Fatone, Abby was great. Uh, Matthew, what's his name? Matthew 
Herrera, who was in the Shooting Stars, uh, was also in Robin Hood Men, Men in Tights. Uh, who else? Uh, David DeLuise. Oh, what was the the Disney show with? Um, oh, I forget. He's Dom DeLuise's son. Hmm. He was the dad. They were the witches. Witches Waverly in Waverly Place. Place. Yeah, he was the dad. Oh, okay. oh got it. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow, that took a while to get to. Sorry oh. about that. Um, yeah, that's all right. My ten uh, year old will make fun of me for not having that ready. Yep. And all these shows oh, are on Disney uh, Plus. There you go. Disney Plus. Um, which, which hopefully do do your kids ever just turn you guys on just for, or you as a dad, like, Hey, there I am. Just, just so you know, I'm on Disney plus guys. You know what? It's, and people ask, people have asked them in front of me, what's it like to have you when they were little too? What's it like to have your dad on TV or to, you know, just to see your dad up on stage for our kids. I mean, when we started, they were tiny. And we started because of our kids, and they grew up with it, and they would come on the set. And in certain episodes, especially the Halloween episodes, when the trick-or-treaters, those are our kids in there. Um, and they kind of grew up with it. It kind of was just not, it's like, yeah, that's just what my dad does. Uh, they didn't, I don't know if they really appreciated it uh, so much when we were doing it. I think now they kind of get it. Um, but I think now at the ages that they are, they probably get ribbed for it more than uh <laughs> anything but uh no it's um i think it i think it was it was the time that we hit on disney they were probably anywhere from kin kindergarten or pre-k to third fourth grade which was the perfect age because all of their friends kind of knew who we were and all of them watched and you'd walk your kids to school and people would honk and wave out the windows and you know that kind of thing. Uh, so I think I think they enjoyed it. I think a lot of it though was kind of just that's what what we did. Awesome, Joe. Out of all the music, what were a couple of your personal favorite songs? Uh, okay, uh, "Luck of the Irish." Oh, Luck of the Irish. That, I love. That's a cool one. Um, and uh, "Unicorn." And I don't, the official name, I think it's, I've never seen a unicorn, but unicorn to me is a rock anthem. The topic is so not uh, a rock anthem. You know, it's about a unicorn and finding a unicorn. But musically, I, I really enjoyed that one. Nina, um, Nina's song, we actually wrote that very early on. We were playing at Disney World, and they asked for a song about Nina, and we wrote it with, six horns that we had with us at the time on stage recorded from the sound booth um so that kind of is special to me uh, i like the song but also that moment was very very special um and this there's, there's a song about table games on our most recent uh our, our most recent uh album um and it's again it's a beautiful song and it's lyrically silly and about table games, but uh, that's on Ten Four, uh, which is our newest uh, album out there, and I really like that one as well. I mean, there are a bunch of them. They're all, oh. and a lot of them to me are special because of not necessarily musically, but because of you know where we recorded them or what was going on at the time or something like that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Recording a song at Disney. 
Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it was great. That's... It was. I had it on a phone four phones ago. I was like, I kept keeping it. I kept it. And I kept it, and I finally lost it. But I had that initial sound check raw, you know, uh, file of us playing Nina. I wish I had it. No. So I, yeah, I asked my kids what their favorite song was, and uh, the fourteen-year-old and the twelve-year-old. So Samantha and Alden, and Samantha, well, I'll say Alden's first. His is "Shakeable You" because basically he turns into a mosh pit when he hears the song. Um, "Shakeable You" is his, and then um, Samantha's. She is a little more serious, so <laughs> it is um, the. I think it's titled Get Serious. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. uh, we played that in our car um, on the way to church when we went to a wedding and unfortunately at funerals before we went in. We did that and that was the younger. And so she likes that song because it made the younger two behave. Ah, uh, yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. get serious. It's... Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Yeah. That was. Um... I'm trying to remember what episode that's. Oh, yeah, where Nina couldn't stop laughing. I think what's the guy from Third Rock from The Sun was in that? French Stewart? French Stewart? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm reminiscing. That's, anyway. there's, that's all right. That's good. That's good. Um, but, yeah, that was theirs. And um, my youngest declined to answer and shut the door and went back into her room because we are <laughs> been together for 31 days now. So what's your favorite? What would be your favorite song? Oh, um, I think On My Way Home. Oh, like yeah. the Hawaiian vibe sort of thing. I uh, I enjoy that one. I oh, think so. good, good. Yeah, we, uh, when we went on a tour with Wendy, uh, one of the, like a really, we did 110 shows, I think, in 80 cities. And that was a song that we played. And uh, it was great with her there playing it. It was a, real, a lot of fun to play. That's a good song. I forgot about that. Put that on my list. All right. Well, put that on my add it to it. Song list. All right. Well, uh, let's wrap up here with uh, what's the band currently up to? We're in our houses quarantined. <laughs> okay, <yeah>. uh, <laughs> like everyone yes. else. <laughs> Thank you. Good Perfect. Night. Uh, no. I, um, I, yep, I deserve that. <laughs> yeah. We're up to exactly what everyone else is up to. Um, we actually. The show going on Disney Plus uh, before all of this quarantine chaos happened, uh, we had a couple of people contact us about distribution of new content uh, on the music side and maybe creating some new content uh, episodes or videos. Uh, So we've got a little bit of um, momentum going from the Disney Plus announcement. We had shows scheduled overseas in asia and in canada and some domestic dates that are now postponed um you know we're just gonna have to wait and see when and how things come back but hopefully we'll be in the next year going and and doing those shows in canada and in asia and you know a lot of domestic shows in the meantime we're just you know we're, we're, we're keeping busy at home we actually on facebook uh created a video where we recorded individually at our homes and I put it together on iMovie and that I think we, I'll tell you what, we put it on Twitter, we put it on Instagram, and then I really turned my voice down and put it on Facebook. So if you're going to listen to it, go to Facebook because that's the one where I edited my 
flat, horrible singing down a little bit. But, uh, you know, we're just hanging in there and waiting to, um, to start doing some shows, going on the road, and uh, talk to some of these creative partners when things get a little bit more back to normal. Um, but, yeah, we're still in it. We're still doing it. Awesome. And how many albums have you guys put out? I think 10. Scott Carvin could tell you every album and every t- uh, title and every song. And my answer is about 10. Uh, <laughs> Give or take. Yeah. yeah, it's about 10. Yeah, it's been, we probably published 200 songs. Um, over the years, we've, we've put out a lot of, put out a lot of music. So yeah, I think 10. Awesome. And uh, where can people find those albums at? People can find us, uh, Pandora, Spotify, uh, iTunes, Amazon Music, anywhere, anywhere that you find music, you can find the Imagination Movers. Awesome. Uh, We are, we're, you know, we're everywhere that you do find music streaming or downloading. Um, Like you said, we're on Disney Plus, and there's a lot of content on YouTube that is official licensed videos and videos from concerts and things people have recorded from the TVs and pirated. And, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of stuff out there. Uh, you know, you can do a, you, you can dig pretty deep on YouTube and find some, some interesting stuff. Uh, yes. Shows and all that. My, my son who has to do that. I mentioned this before we started recording, but he, it wanted, you have a lot of running gags in the show. Um, yes. A lot of different things. A lot of running gags that the parents caught on. I don't know if the kids did. My son at the time, when he was like three, he was always sad you didn't get in on the high five. He was always sad about that. Um, and so right before we came to record, he showed me an 11-minute video compilation of all the missed high fives. So that's out there. That's a thing. The pilot episode at the end, it was uh... – director at the time just get here just miss the high five just make it like something a subtle thing and maybe people will notice and uh that became the running gag was missing the high five and for 74 episodes i think i made it it was a christmas episode where as a gift they they allowed me to get the high five um and i think there was a second one for some reason i got the high five but yeah so 72 times i missed the high five and Probably another hundred thousand. I've missed them uh, in person at meet and greets and concerts with kids. Um, so yeah, that that's 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 definitely a running gag. There are a lot of little running gags also that are less noticeable um, that we kind of snuck in there. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I go rewatch them all, everyone. Gotta watch yeah, we'll them all, definitely so. put some stuff in the show notes and on our social media all this week, and definitely but, Disney Plus. Got to check it out. Now it is time yeah. for the lightning round. The lightning round. All right, Dave. Nice sound effects. Okay. Ooh, I don't even know if I need to. Yeah, I have a sound effect that goes that I add in know. post, but yeah. now I don't know. I don't know if I no, need it. No, we don't it. need it now. I think I did it. I think yeah, I did it. You got it. So it's... We can top that. No, we can't. So the lightning round is your favorite Disney, Pixar, whatever you need to pick under the Disney umbrella to answer. And uh, the... We may keep scoring. There may be winners or losers. No pressure. All right. So here we go. Your favorite okay. Disney movie. Ah, uh, my favorite Disney movie. You know what? Up. Ooh, good uh-huh. one. Say up. That's yeah. uh, that's a good yeah. one. All right. Favorite Disney character. 
my favorite Disney character. Uh, wow. Um, that's a tough one. You think I'd be ready for that? Oh, oh I'm going to say Mover Scott. <laughs> nice. Keeping in the family. Nice. I like it. Have you seen him? He's hilarious. Yes, he is. Um, favorite Disney villain? Uh, uh, Ursula. Ursula. Yeah. yeah. Definitely Ursula. All right. Favorite Disney song? Favorite Disney song? Uh, I want to be like you. Oh, that's Blue a good one. Yep. Um, favorite Disney park? Favorite Disney park? That's a toughie because Magic Kingdom is... You know, that's classic Disney, and that reminds me of my kids being little and, and all that. But walking around Epcot is also very nice. So um, I'm going to give the nod to Magic Kingdom, but uh, you'll find me in Epcot probably. I understandable. You don't have to be where your favorite is, right, Derek? I mean, no, no, yeah. You can get <laughs> it. I mean, if you're there you without kids, Epcot's great. We'll, we'll meet yeah. you in the World Showcase for a drink sometime. And, yeah, and pretty... I'm having a Bellini or some sake, and my kids are enjoying my favorite park. There you go. Perfect. Um, favorite classic attraction, you define classic. Well, you know, I haven't been there in the last five years and so much has changed. I would say um, I don't know what classic exactly means. I, I like the roller coasters, so I would say Space Mountain if you want to say classic. And That's... even though I know when I'm in the front, my head's not going to hit anything, I still think it is. Um, so, yeah, I would say classic. I would say Space Mountain. Modern? How modern do we? I would I'll modern give you three that may not be modern because I'm old, but uh, love rock and roller coaster, love Everest, and Tower of Terror is the best ride ever in the world. It's a good one. Yeah, that that's a good set. That's modern. Mm-hmm. You yeah, did good. Those are great. You did good. Yes. All right. Favorite resort. Favorite resort. Uh, the Beach Club Yacht Club. Nice. Uh, good choice. It's so, it's big, it's nice, it's relaxing. They have the, the pools and the kind of the beach there. And it's, it's it hits, it, it, for me, it's perfect. I mean, some of them are more opulent and a little, maybe a little nicer. But for me, that hits the perfect spot of just comfortable and mm-hmm. everything's there. I love it. Yeah. It's like you're a regular listener, Dave. It's, you got yeah, it. You, you, yeah. You, you're winning right. the lighting round. Yes, you are. Favorite yeah. counter service, counter service restaurant. Okay, well, when you talk, I, I like fast so food. Good, and now I don't know. Um, what is the place uh, near Splash Mountain where you can go in and and it's kind of this uh, Pico Spills. Like, yes, I'm gonna say if, if that's what if that counts for this. It counts. Category, it does. It's I'm great. Saying. It's a good answer. Yeah. Great toppings bar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, table service restaurants. I don't know the name of it again, but uh, the restaurant, the nice restaurant in Animal Kingdom, Tiffins, yeah, like the really fancy one, or uh, it's one that was fancy enough that when we played there and the guy who works and handles all the music brought us out, we went there. If I went with my family, I probably wouldn't go there. So whatever is really whatever is fancy at uh, Animal Kingdom, I liked. It's gotta be yeah. Tiffins. Yeah, it's gotta be Tiffins. Yes. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm on a um, slide now from where I think I peaked at. It's it's all right. You don't need to know names. You, you just ask us. We'll help. We'll figure yeah. it out. Thank yeah. you. Um, 
Favorite Disney snack? Oh, the double whip thing. No, oh, there you go, yeah. Doug. It's... Is, there a, is there another answer? Who no. Different? Who says pretzel? Oh, my gosh, that that's what I say. What? Oh, you are just fitting right in with this show. So that's this is like a four-year debate, and every guest comes on and says something. So what way to agree with another, Doug. Another one in oh my column. Oh, my gosh. I'm now, I'm now behind by quite You're a few You're behind, guests. as yeah. you should be. He says pretzel. Okay. Yeah. Salt. I just They're want salt there. when I'm in the park. Well, my, the, there's some jalapeno dippers. Um, I know my kids were big into the pretzels. Anyway. So, all right. Favorite uh, Disney drink? Favorite Disney drink? Uh, wow. Um, that's a tough one, too. Something in that World Showcase we were talking about. Maybe a sake or a bellini or, you know, my per- I mean, or maybe, um, what is it, the Crown and Rose? What, where do you get a beer? Yeah, the Rose and Crown. Carl? Yeah, I've had a beer there. Carl takes good care of people there sure it was carl thanks carl yeah all right uh disney bucket list item you know i saw that question i thought about it and i think i think i checked off my disney bucket list item and i think it was not what i had hoped it would be which is when we played there one time they put us they they said do you want to go drive behind the rides we went behind we went like the back way and we went up on the um, into the like the back way to the top, got to the rides, and went on them without standing in line. So we basically went from ride to ride to ride, and the magic wasn't there. Oh. Like when you don't see the Rod Serling before the uh, you know Tower of Terror and the people in the little bellhop hats, you just go the back of a metal building up some stairs. And then you skip in line, which is terrible. You feel like a jerk, um, and you ride the rides. And so that would have been my bucket list because it was. It's like I want to just go ride all the cool rides and not stand in line. And it is not something about the whole experience of going through that line and going through all of the preamble is part of the experience. So I had my bucket list and it was disappointing. How's that wow. answer? That's wow. really good. He has a bucket list and it doesn't meet up to we, expectations. That's we that's we a first on the show. Yeah. That's Be careful what you wish for a moment there. Yeah, we hit them all and I was like, well that was missing a lot of what I wanted to do. So Wow, take awesome. maybe I'm and not doing that, a VIP tour. I would like to stay in the in the castle. Yeah, Everyone but, wants yeah. to stay in the castle. That's a good one. Yep. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Let us know if it happens. We'll have you back on the show. All right. Yeah, you tell us all about it. Yeah, if it happens, it probably will be followed by uh, mug shots or something. <laughs> get it in any way other than uh, unofficially. Awesome. Well, that concludes the, the lightning round. round. All right. Well, uh, tell us a little bit where we can, uh, our listeners can follow and find you guys any way they can help support uh, you. Uh, as you have said many times, we are on Disney Plus right now, um, which is fantastic. We are on social media, as everyone is. We have a website, imaginationmovers.com, uh, and you can find out what we're doing there. When we have shows coming up, there's a link to our shop um, and a lot of pictures and stuff there. Uh, we are on Twitter, at 
iMovers. We are on Instagram at Imagination Movers Official. And um, what else? We're on Facebook. You can go to Facebook, our website, Twitter, Instagram. We're not hard to find. And we're uh, uh, generally pretty interactive. Um, if people post things and ask questions, we, we try and get back to them uh, and respond. We, we truly have never taken any of this for granted. We started out as just four goofballs uh, who lived in the neighborhood, and we still are. And we're shocked, amazed, and grateful that anybody would pay attention to us. I'm grateful to you guys for talking to me tonight. And, uh, you know, it's still surprising that people are interested in what we do. So uh, anyway, yeah, we're, we're very accessible and uh, would love people to, to keep in touch. But yeah, definitely, uh, our listeners, go on to Disney+, Plus, check it out right now, and then Doug and I will have a conversation going throughout this week, have music and stuff like that. What's your favorite song and uh, how your kids react to it, and if who's your favorite mover? We can do that. So, ooh, that would be a good Twitter poll, Doug. Well, I mean, I don't if, think I, if you I, listen to the show, it should be a It obvious. should be, but I would love to see uh, where where Dave falls on hopefully, all this. Hopefully it turns out in his favor. I, I mean, I don't even show. know if yeah. you're going to vote for yourself. For someone, it's a terrible question. For someone, it's a fantastic question. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And of course, yes, all that information will be on the show notes. So be sure to click there, follow them on all the social medias. But we got to talk to Dave a little bit in the after show. So to be a part of that, you need to be a Patreon. So go to our Patreon page. That is also in the show notes. And of course, book your next trip when the parks reopen with Michelle McKnight. Her email is in the show notes. And of course, for all your cruising needs, Royal Caribbean, Disney Cruise Line, back to the mouse.com. But let's get to the Patreon show because I'm excited for that. Thank you, Dave, so much for being on Rope Drop Radio. Thank you guys for having me. Look, if you don't mind, could we just do this all over one more time? Because I really feel like now. I've got oh, great. Yeah. Show. It's no. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Start from the beginning. Uh, you know what? What you could do is after I say that, you could just play the first one, and they won't know. Oh, it's true. It's true. Time. There we go. We'll just keep it going. It'll be an, an extra hour and a half episode because we'll just keep it going again. We we did thing. an hour and a half episode once in the last thirty days. I don't know if we need to do that again. <laughs> Not with me. No one wants to hear me for an hour and a half. <laughs> All right. Well, no. thank you so much. Well, for Dave and Doug, I'm Derek. You've been listening to Rope Drop Radio.